Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. This morning, I, uh, I want to tell you a story. In fact, more than one story. Stories from the one whom you love, from Jesus' life. I know you know, you, you know these stories, and I know you love Jesus. So I'm going to tell you some stories from Jesus. Open with me your Bibles to John 5. John chapter 5. Beginning with verse 1. We'll be reading John 5, verses 1 to 9. I am reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. John 5, verses 1 to 9. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate... A pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Can you imagine? 38 years? That's a lifetime for some of us. Verse 6, John 5, verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed. And walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. My friends, Sabbath is a time of healing. Welcome back to Middletown and to our summer series. Sabbath in 3D. Today we conclude this series, and I thought it was proper to conclude it with a message of hope for everyone. This message is entitled, Sabbath, a Time of Healing. Let us pray. Lord, as we come to you to open your word, Lord, I know and whenever you bring up truth or new truth, it is challenging. And I pray, Lord, that the seeds of truth will be planted into our hearts and will bring forth 
the fruit of hope. And Lord, I pray that this hope will bring us healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sabbath time, a time of healing. Turn with me now to Luke chapter 13. Luke 13, verses 10 to 13. Luke 13, 10 to 13. Now, Luke says, he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Again, long time suffering. And was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Hallelujah. Sabbath is a time of healing. A few pages before Luke 6. Luke 6, verses 6 to 10. Another story. Another story. Luke 6. 6 to 10, on another Sabbath, on another Sabbath, he, Jesus, went into the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So, they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up! Stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood right up there. Then Jesus said to them, He looked at these Pharisees and teachers of the law, and he said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them all and then said to the man, stretch your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. Amen. Sabbath is a time of healing. Mark has another story. If you turn to Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. Mark chapter 1, 21, 28. Then they went into Capernaum. This is Jesus and his disciples. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching. People who listened to him, was they were astonished at his, at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. 
Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. <clears throat> then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? With what authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately... His fame, Jesus' fame, spread throughout all the region around Galilee. And you want to know what Jesus continued doing? Turn to Matthew 15. Matthew 15, 29, 30. This is what Jesus kept doing, my friends. Matthew 15, 29 to 30. Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, and went up on the mountain and sat down there. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many other types of diseases. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he did what? He healed them. All of them. All types and kinds and stages of diseases. Jesus healed them. Now, after reading these wonderful stories from the life of Jesus... I want to pose you with a question. Is the Jesus we serve today the same Jesus who walked on earth 2,000 years ago? And you may say, what are you talking about, Pastor Marius? Of course we serve the same Jesus. Are you sure? Is this the same Jesus we read about, the same we worship today? Are you sure? Of course. The Bible teaches us in Hebrew 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is fascinating when you study the subject of healing in the Bible, there is no doubt that Jesus heals. There is no doubt that Jesus can heal. But the most, most intrigued question in the Christian's mind today is, is it God's will to heal His children today? Many Christians, including Seventh-day Adventists, 
struggle with this issue. It is God's will to heal us today, or is healing reserved for the future when Jesus comes and delivers us from the world of sin? Is sickness and disease to be the lot of God's children until the second advent? How can we know what God's will is when it comes to healing of illnesses and diseases? In order to find an answer to these questions, it is first wise to look at Jesus' mission. Why did Jesus come to this sinful world? <clears throat> One reason that comes straight out of John immediately in the beginning of his gospel tells us that Jesus comes to, under, to, to reveal the Father. We, Jesus came into this world so that we could understand the Father. When Phyllis, uh, Philip asked Jesus to show them the Father, Jesus replied, He that has seen me has seen the Father. In the beginning of his gospel, John in, 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 in chapter uh, 1, 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John later writes that Jesus came to do the will of His Father and finish His work. <clears throat> Jesus said to them in John 14, 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And because Jesus and the Father are one, everything we read about Jesus' ministry to those in need, we can understand the Father's attitude towards his children, right? Jesus' attitude and the Father's attitude are the same, for they are one. Jesus' attitude towards the sick and diseased is the same as the Father's attitude. So if Jesus' will is one way, then the Father's will has to be the same way, right? Anyone? Well, Jesus... Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Anyone who has suffered with sickness and disease knows that such life cannot be described as abundant life, right? People don't go to the hospital because they have abundant life. I've been in the hospital a lot lately ministering to patients for their emotional and spiritual needs. And I can tell you that under such conditions, life becomes very limited. The sickness and disease takes the time, the energy, the focus out of the people's lives. And not only it takes the time, energy, and focus out of the one who is sick, but also of the caregivers 
and of their loved ones. One thing that fascinated me in this study is that Jesus never once denied anyone's request for healing. When you study all the miracles of Jesus, and by the way, I believe Jesus did hundreds, if not thousands of miracles. In the Gospels, 26 are recorded. Seven on the Sabbath day. I don't know why seven are recorded, but there's seven, the number of perfection. Seventh day, Sabbath. Well, Jesus had seven miracles on the Sabbath. Healing miracles, that is. So when you study all the miracles of Jesus, you can only come up with one conclusion, and that is, it is Jesus' will and desire to heal those who request healing from Him. See, one day a leper came to Jesus and said, if you will, you can make me clean. Notice the, the faith, the belief of the one who was sick. You can make me clean. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion and said, I will be thou clean. My friends, Jesus felt compassion for the sick. Jesus stated it was His will to heal. Peter, Apostle Peter, the disciple Peter, who was transformed after the anointing, after the infilling of the Spirit. He was in Cornelius' house preaching, and when he talked about Jesus, he said this. The story is in Acts 10.38. He said this. Peter is here talking how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good. Who went about doing good? Jesus. Jesus, Peter said, went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. See, my friends, Peter did not know of one case that Jesus refused to heal. He says, Jesus healed all. Now I want to ask again that same question. Is Jesus we serve today the same Jesus that walked this earth 2,000 years ago? Yes, He is. According to Paul in Hebrews 13, 18, 13, 8, Jesus, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is good news for the sick and suffering today. We can come to the same Jesus today as so many came to Him 2,000 years ago and know that He has not changed his attitude towards sickness and suffering. We can come to the same Jesus today as many people came 2,000 years ago. It was his desire to heal then, and it's his desire to heal today. Why? Because he is the same today as he was then. 
He has the same attitude. He has the same compassion. He has the same desire. He has the same power to heal. My friends, Jesus never changed. I know this is hard to hear. It was hard to hear for me. And I've been a Christian all my life. Jesus came to glorify his Father. His mission was to glorify the Father, Jesus said. And Jesus connected physical healing with God's saving works and glorification. When, when Jesus was passing by a blind man, that's another story of healing. His disciples asked him about the man. Remember the story. It's recorded in John chapter 9. They had some misconceptions about why people suffer from physical infirmities like blindness. And Jesus said that through this man's blindness, the works of God would be manifest in him. You can read that in John 9, 1 to 3. His blindness would be a means for God to be glorified through the healing that would take place. My friends, every time someone reaches out in faith to God and is healed, God is glorified. When Lazarus was sick, Jesus knew he was going to die. Jesus intentionally delayed his arrival in Bethany, and when he finally arrived, Lazarus was dead for days. They had already placed him in the burial place. When Jesus spoke to his disciples about Lazarus, he stated that the purpose of Lazarus' sickness was, and I quote John 11, 4, 11, 4, for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. God is always glorified through the healing of His children. And the Bible has many promises. And Apostle Paul, speaking about those promises, including the promises for healing, he says, for all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. That's 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. Every time a Christian believer reaches out in faith and claims God's promise, God is glorified. God is glorified when His saving power is manifested. And here is why. When God does His work, He does a complete work. He does not leave anything partially undone. This completeness of God's work applies to the healing and deliverance God provided at the cross for everyone who believes. You may say, cross? At the cross? Yes, my friend. When Jesus cried out from the cross, it is finished, 
the provision for healing and deliverance was completed. On the cross, Jesus provides spiritual deliverance from sin. He provided physical deliverance from physical pain and disease, as well as healing and deliverance from emotional and anxiety and depression. The principle is simple. Whatever is not from God, we do not have to receive. Let me explain. I talked about this what happened at the cross in another sermon. This is, this is way different than that. It's more powerful than that. The cross and what happened at the cross is at the center of all Christian beliefs. That's why we're Christians. The cross is also the basis of the belief that we can be healed by God and He desires to do so. See, when Matthew... And this is where I get this. When you look at Matthew 8, Matthew understood this when he recorded an event that happened one evening when Jesus' friends brought, brought people to him. And this is what he records in verse 16. Brought to him many that were possessed with devils. And then Matthew said, and he cast out the spirit with his work and healed all. All that were sick. And this is not it. Matthew goes on to say that this was a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy about the Messiah, about Jesus. And verse 17 says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Matthew quotes Isaiah 53, 4. Matthew understood that Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah would not only take our sins upon himself at the cross, he would also take our sickness and diseases on the cross upon him. Why? Is this important? Well, it is because Jesus took our sins and paid the price for them on the cross so that we can be forgiven. That is why Jesus could forgive the sins of those who came to Him seeking forgiveness. The same is true for our sicknesses and diseases. It is because He took our illnesses that He could bring healing to all who sought out healing from Him. On the cross, Jesus paid the price for our total healing, spiritual, emotional, and physical. That's the power of the cross. We sang that song with the choir, the power of the cross. I love it. I love it. The power of the cross. Wow. That's a good communion sermon title, by the way. On the cross, Jesus paid the price for our total healing. And this is why now I believe healing can happen at communion. When we partake of the bread and the 
unfermented wine, which represent Jesus' flesh and blood. When we have the Lord's Supper at communion service, we can receive not only spiritual healing, but also physical healing. In that context, when we know that we come to Him in that way that He took our illnesses, healing can take place. True story happened to me um, a few months ago. I was on call one night, and I was at Audubon Hospital when I was paged to minister to this COVID patient. I called the room number. It was late that night. And on the other end of the line was this woman who requested communion. She said, Chaplain, I would like to have communion. And assuming she was a Catholic patient, I told her that we don't have a priest chaplain at night, but there will be one tomorrow, unless there is an emergency situation, and then we may call a local priest to come in. Well, she said, I'm not a Catholic. I'm Protestant. Oh, but I would like to have communion. And I asked her if there was a specific reason. And she said, I was diagnosed with COVID. I just got here. And I was told that the disease is going to get worse. I wanted to do everything before you know, only God knows how many days we have. I said, all right, I'll make sure we make this possible for you. But before we do so, I, I wanted to confirm that she really, she really believes in Jesus, on the one who died on the cross. And she said, yes, I believe. Have you read the life story of Jesus? Oh, she said, yes, I have. I know it. I said, you know, Jesus is the same as he was 2,000 years ago. And she said, yeah. Do you believe that? And she said, yeah. And all this conversation was on the phone. I'll never forget it. i never forget it, the place where I was sitting. This is unique. Never happened to me before. I said, so if Jesus healed those people then, do you believe he can heal you tonight? I knew this from what I've been reading and studying with the Holy Spirit groups. And I said, I got to step in faith. That's what God calls us to do. And, um, and she said, uh, yes. I said, I'm going to check on the communion emblems and bring them to you in the morning. But if you believe you can be healed, is it okay with you if we ask for God's healing for you tonight? And she said, yes, definitely. Let us pray. Whew. Tell you, I pray the best <laughs> The best prayer I could possibly pray, pray healing over this woman. I pray that we refuse anything that is not of God. I rebuke the infirmities and sufferings that Jesus actually took on himself on the cross. She was definitely a believer. 
and expressed desire to do anything she could do spiritually to connect with God. So we prayed that night. And then I went home praying that God will hear our prayer and answer us. In the morning, I could hardly wait. In the morning, went back to the hospital and I asked the staff chaplains if there are any communion sets. You know the pandemic communion sets that we had? I took a couple of those because she wanted to have communion with her best friend when she's going to go out. Her best friend was also a Christian believer. I took those sets and I walked over to the eunuch where she went and I was praying as I was walking that God answered our prayer. I walked into that room. Of course, I had to put all the PPE and the uh, N95 masks, mask, and, and, and you know, I ex you know, n normally, and that's true. Uh, where's Babby? I don't know. Uh, we have some doctors here, you know, COVID patients, and they get worse. My brother did the same thing. He got so bad. I walked into that room, and rather than seeing a COVID patient getting worse, worse, I introduced myself through the N95 mask, and I said, I'm Chaplain Myers, the one who prayed with you last night, and a big smile came on her face, and the woman was feeling well. Whew. And she said, they're going to send me home soon since they need these rooms these days. I tell you, I was walking on cloud nine. Whew. That was something. I was so excited. I prayed for those communion sets and left them with her so she could have communion later with her best friend. Yes, I know some of you listening here and some of you watching online and some of you medical doctors might give all the medical reasons for that turnaround in her disease. For me, I have only one explanation. The same Jesus we serve today is the same Jesus who walked on earth 2,000 years ago. The same Jesus who healed literally hundreds of people is the same Jesus who can do healings today. Ellen White, in her book, Medical Ministry, page 12, writes this. Sin brings physical and spiritual disease and weakness. Christ, she said, has made it possible for us to free ourselves from this curse. She goes on to say, the influence of the Spirit of God is the very best medicine that can be received by a sick man and a woman. Heaven is all health. And the more deeply the, inf the heavenly influences are realized, the more sure will be the recovery of the believing patient. Wow. Then on page 16 of the same book, Medical Ministry, she writes, If we are under infirmities of body, it is certainly consistent to trust in the Lord, making supplications to our God in our case. And if we feel inclined to ask others in who we have confidence to unite with us in prayer, united prayer,
if we pray to Jesus, who is the mighty healer, she says, help will surely come if we ask in faith. And then she ends this paragraph like this. I think we are altogether too faithless, too cold, too lukewarm. Faithless and lukewarm. Laodicean condition, right? Jesus, through John the Revelator, is pleading with all of us to leave Laodicea and become part of the remnant people of God who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. My brothers and sisters, the faith of Jesus heals people. The Bible is clear that healings are God's will for us. Ellen White supports what the Bible is teaching, and my experience also tells me that the Jesus who walked on earth 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus we worship and serve today. May God bless you and me with faith to believe this important truth as we live in a postmodern world. Amen.